this is Rashonda Thornton, the host of the Dietitian Against Diets podcast show. Before I introduce you to my guest, I want to introduce you to a particular company um, here in St. Louis. It's called Banner Roads Baking Company. They're known for being the world's best granola. And the reason why? Because all of their ingredients are organic. They collaborate with local companies and farms to bring um, in the community field and make sure all of their foods are sourced through local farmers. They also uh, package all of their um, their containers very uniquely. They're all sustainable. They decomp they decompostable, um, and along with that. This person behind the curtain, the shelf. She knows what she's doing and she's passionate about making quality and healthy food. Go to the website, learn more about the granola, see their unique flavors at um, www.bannerroad.com, or you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Banner Road. Well, hello, everyone. This is Freshonda Thornton, the Dietitian Against Diets podcast show, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Her name is Dr. Leilani Cara Madeline. Um, she holds so many different positions in regards to leadership, but I'll just kind of simplify it uh, for now. Um, right now, I know she right now she's the current as, assistant uh, professor at Maryville University um, of the School of Strategic Communications and Leadership. Uh, she also uses this expertise in her leadership in regards to empowering others um, through effective um, leadership tactics and communication strategies. On top of that, you may have seen her, just in case, on other formats she's been seen on. She's been known as the expert on Forbes.com, on Hill.com, Fox 2 News, um, the international, the national level, all the way down to Fox 2 News here in St. Louis on a local level. Um, and last but not least, she had the pleasure, or I had the pleasure of seeing her on stage last year in December at the TEDx uh, Women's, uh, TEDx Gateway, Gateway Arch Women's event. And she was a dynamic speaker, very empowering. And um, I just had a great time watching her. her the title of her, um, her uh, TED talk was called Script That Ignite Your Power. Not only that, she's also currently working on a book about leadership and empowerment. So we got a lot going on, but it's also exciting. So I just want to say welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Rishonda. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh no, you're so welcome. Um, I think I'm more excited than you are. <laughs> uh, but I have so many different things I definitely want to bring up and talk about. But one thing that stuck out to me when I was reading your bio was that you did a lot of work outside of the country um from in, in different areas and and just to, you know if you can provide if that to me to me i look at that as that's how you create a well a more well-rounded person in your perspective and just your view on life i think it just changed the way you just interact with people um how much of the, your travel and what you've done in the past really kind of brought um, full circle to what you do now as a leader oh i think uh living outside the u.s has has hugely changed my view and I encourage everyone who has the opportunity to do it. Uh, when I was in college, I had an opportunity to teach English in Taiwan. I, I couldn't afford to study abroad. I didn't have the money. And so there was a way to study abroad, sort of, where you would teach English, you would earn your way, and they would pay for a plane ticket over and you could teach for a summer in Taiwan. Okay. So I did that. And that, when I remember when I landed in Taiwan, it was the most amazing experience because I had never been to a place where I couldn't read and, you know, all these different letters and experiences. And it was such an amazing experience. It changed my life 
And I was like, this place is amazing. I didn't know such a place existed. And then it made mm -hmm. me want to see every other place in the world. <laughs> I wanted to go everywhere. I got bit by the travel bug and I ended up living and teaching in China for almost two years and teaching wow. uh, there. And what it does, I think, is it lets you see there are other ways of being and seeing and experiencing the world. And I think that's very freeing because it lets you see the one way you were raised or how you see the world is not the only way and it's not the right way. There are many ways to experience and be in the world. And I find that incredibly liberating. And it also yes. helps you see and appreciate other people and how they experience the world and how they live in the world. And so I think it taught me empathy um, and also taught me to really embrace experiences that are different from my own. And mm -hmm. that's how I think it changed me. And I, I take every opportunity I can to experience other cultures. And we can do that here in the U.S. as well, uh, which is wonderful. That's one of the reasons I love our country is that we have so many different cultures. And I think that's a really, really beautiful thing that we should yes. appreciate and hold on to. Embrace. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I actually, right before um, the quarantine and everything. Uh, I went on a mission trip to Mozambique, Africa. We literally got back on the 17th of March. So right. We got back in the country just in time. But wow. the point I'm trying to, what, the point I wanted to make was what you said about when you go to another country, you see the, 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 the way the lenses that they, in which they live, what's important to them, you know, what, a, you know, it, it's amazing in a way that we as, you know, USA citizens, we have our own funnel the way of looking at things and that that's not true reality of just what life is. So it, I feel it was very enriching. You have to see what's more most important in their lives and what they could care less about. And so coming back here, I kind of, you know, kind of made me appreciate all the things that we take for granted, you know, understanding a people is a people and our goal should be is to learn about each other. You know, what are our differences and find ways that we can grow together. You know, so it was a very small scale comparable to yours, but I can really see what you mean about um, embracing and, and, and appreciating all the cultures and, and other ways of life. Yeah, yeah. So was it a hard transition coming back or like, well, did you just come back a new person? I'm sure <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> it, it was, you, you go through a reverse culture shock. Uh, there were so many things I missed. Uh, so food is one of the big things that you learn to appreciate in other cultures. There are still things, there's still authentic uh, Chinese food that I miss um, that I can't find here. Uh, there is mm -hmm. some that I can, uh, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, Corner 17 on Del Mar has some really amazing authentic Chinese food that is okay. uh, am amazing. But uh, there is this thing called Ho Guo, which is a um, hot pot that I haven't found replicated here yet. And so I miss that, but I, and I miss Mexican food so much here. You can really find good Mexican food in China, <laughs> which is- Oh, really? Yeah, wow. something okay. we really take for granted. I love Mexican food. So, uh, so, you know, that kind of different, different food is such a part of our culture. And, mm -hmm. and I agree. so that I really missed what, I also really missed riding my bike everywhere and having bike lanes dedicated. And so those sorts of everyday experiences of walking everywhere, I didn't have a car. And so walking my bike everywhere and I lost uh, 25 pounds almost immediately when I moved there just really? because of the diet and because of Poor walking movement. and riding my bike. And I gained it. Oh, I gained it back like that. Thanks to American <laughs> diet. <laughs>
all oh those burritos. <laughs> it just it just showed you again just a you know life is just so different in different places and everything from the food the vegetation you know their lifestyle the the geographical location like how you move you know travel and it's totally different i mean that's the american way you know it is not it's in the so positive way but yeah, every I've I've been so blessed. I get to teach uh, study abroad for a short term for Maryville University, and right now, actually, okay. I was supposed to be teaching in London and Paris this summer um, before oh. COVID happened. And I got to yeah. do it last last summer. It was it was an amazing experience. I I got to take a group of amazing women, and we interviewed leaders all over uh, Europe, uh, and it was fantastic. And Diverse I you about that. Yeah, it was amazing. And it's crazy. But, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's like when you think leadership and it's wrapping your head around what leadership looks like in in other countries. Again, I feel we're just like program conditioned to whatever few handfuls of leaderships we've seen. Like, what have you, what have you, what did you see in those women that was similar and different to, you know, what you see here in, in, uh, in the States? Let me give you an example. The head of Expedia groups, you know, like Expedia.com, but even bigger, incorporating more of those groups uh, is, is a woman and she's phenomenal. And what was interesting is hearing her talk about managing her life as in her personal life. And there really is this balance more in Europe than there is here in this sense that work-life balance is taken much than it is in the States. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't go home and work all the time, even though she is a pr- president of a company that's huge. I mean, don't get me wrong, she works a lot, but she's still, especially for European standards, but she's still like, she carves out weekends for her family and dedicates it to her family, which I thought was so wonderful. Like how wonderful. Yes, it was. And she was so intentional. I, I love that. So strategic and intentional and and very open and caring, but also very structured in how she made her time and prioritized what was most important in her life. And it was very clear her priorities. Yes. What do you think that comes from? You know, as I think about, you know, when we as women here in the United States, it's like it's like a it's like a guilt you feel if if you're doing the motherly thing or you know, you bring it, you know, family becomes priority at times. It's like it's like that's just kind of the way we were taught our culture and then to see these other other women in other countries, they are doing just as much as not more in their capacity professionally when there are, when they are making sure that they're taking care of family first. I think culture is a huge influence uh, in, in culture. Like for example, in Norway and in Denmark and in Sweden, they give women at least a year off paid for maternity leave. So, I mean, the value there, <laughs> we're hmm. talking across the board. I mean, all jobs, not just not just high professional jobs, like everyone. And so the, the value of motherhood, the value of having that time. And in fact, I think that what they've done recently is expanded to parental leave. So, so okay. either parent could take it depending on who wanted it. And they had up to, it was a, either a year and a half, I believe, that they could take at any point and they could decide who was gonna take it when. So, I mean, that wow. priority of the young child's life, I think is really different 
and letting letting the parents decide how they're going to take it, I think is incredibly powerful. Whereas here, I know there's lots of places where women get none and or zero paid. Um, they might be able to take six weeks or eight weeks, but that's unpaid. And I don't know how many families can go without or people, if you're by yourself, can go eight weeks unpaid. doesn't seem really reasonable. Um, you know, yes. I know that- Comparable, especially. Yeah. I mean, who can, <laughs> um, so would, that's like, I think we wouldn't even see ourselves having that opportunity here. Like that's, yeah. we're think three months, six months is, is, you know, is golden, you know, but yeah, I, comparable I mean, to- gave me four months paid, which was, I thought when I had my child, I love that I got to do that. I mean, I, I felt really blessed that I got to stay home with my baby those four months. And then, and then I hit summer. So I ended up getting even okay. some more time. So yeah, I was, I was lucky. I feel, I feel like it's really hard in the States because we feel like we have to be everything as American women. Like we have to, like my, I decided to stay home with her kids and she feels guilty because she's not contributing to her family financially. And I have another good friend who works full time and she feels guilty because she misses some of her kids' things. Like she's not there at like her kindergartner being room mom, you know? And so it's mm -hmm. like, no matter what you do, you can't win. And that's just, that stinks. Like <laughs> it's it so terrible. And, and I think everyone feels kind of judged, but, but I, I'm not judging either, anyone, you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can and be the best mom. I but we can't be perfect and we can't do everything. I mean, our, our modern day lives kind of set us up in this, this horrible way that you, how do you win? And, you know, even that word, that terminology winning is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's absolute. Like, what does that really mean? You know, right. The, the idea of winning, you know, right. And it's, and I can go all day with, with that as far as just when you think win, you know, the, what, like that's when it's like more of a, it's a long, like what's a long-term win versus a short-term win? And what are the consequences right. to that? So are we really winning? You know, it's kind of a paradox right. <laughs> when you think about well, it. Yeah. And other cultures, like for example, in China, most of the time, both younger parents would work, but the grandparents would raise the children. So, but in China, people retire much earlier. You're you're forced, not forced, but often you have to, well, I don't know, you kind of have to retire when you're 60, when you're a woman or 65 as a man. So they're free to help raise younger children. And, and so that's how it's built in. And they often live together in the same houses. So they have different floors often of, mm -hmm. of okay. houses or apartments, but they live together. So there's communal cooking. So like grandmother would, or grandfather would cook and then you would come home. So you would go to work, come home, dinner would be ready, children would be taken care of. And so that's a little bit easier of a, I would love that. <laughs> yes, a little bit very nice. You know, if I you think have everyone would win with that. <laughs> yeah, a group mentality, you know, where you have multiple, but then you also have to live with your in-laws or, or your parents. So there's that sure. as well. So Just caveat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not like you had a great experience, you know, even just to expand the idea of how women, you know, Every understanding we are all different, you know, but how our perspectives are skewed in so many different ways, you know, and just how that affects what we think we can do as women, you know, whether it's someone, what they've told us, what we see as a model, you know, what we grew up with. I mean, it's so many different things that shape just our next steps um, and just 
I mean, I think that's what, to me, that what stands out when, when I hear you're talking about empowering and, and, and helping people to know they have the power. That's what empower means. But they had, they had to figure out in their own way. Like there's no cookie cutter way that defines empowerment. You know, you have to be able to understand like what works for you and how can you be your best self in, in the capacity that you're in, you know? Um, and and so when, be comfortable with that. You know, I think that be was- okay with I it. American women, it's, what I found is that I think it's the hardest, we have the most pressures and the most to do than in any other country I've seen. Like our perfect mom, our perfect woman is has such a high bar, whereas in other places it's not so high. So we just have to throw mm -hmm. all that out and redefine for ourselves. It's exactly what you were saying, Rashonda. True. Yes. Do you feel that when you and your some this reminds me of your TED talk? Do you feel all those pieces came together and you were able to express this in your talk? I I hope so. I felt like I was able to express that you have to find your own power. Yes. Because you can't the only thing I can control is myself, right? And how I respond to things. Because I can't control anybody anything else. I definitely can't control my two-year-old. So, <laughs> you know, and how they're going to respond, how she's going to respond to things. Don't let so, her know that. <laughs> she's no, actually do let her know that. Three, and I have a three-major, right? Oh, what okay. I, gotcha. Wow. We're, we're in that, we're in that place, right? Uh-huh. So we're working, we are working on it. We are working on it. But, you know, it's, I can control myself and how I respond to things. And this has been very reassuring to me during this pandemic time is like, I can't control everything else. There's, there's, I can't control if my school is going to start and we're going to be on ground. I can't control very little about that, but I can control myself and how I respond to things and what I do. And so where my power is. And then by that, I can influence others. So that's where my power comes. But I have to be sure of myself and I have to start here because if I'm not good here, I'm not going to be good anywhere. And so it's that grounding. I think that is so mm -hmm. essential. And when I get mm -hmm. all all worried about all this business first, <laughs> then you I lose, don't you lose your grounding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to be grounded before I can make a difference with others. You know, I, I had a great friend. She also she um, on the airplane when you're on the airplane and they say mask will drop. You have to put one on yourself first before mm -hmm. you put it on your child. Because if you air, you can't help anybody else. I love that analogy. True. And yes. True. And you know, while, you, while you're on that topic, this one thing that I always, when I'm working with clients and I'm helping them understand how to weather whatever struggles that they're facing, when it comes to just our whole life from our first breath to our last breath, there are elements in our life, people, situations, incidences that we can, we have no control over, but we're so fixated, you know, I always speak for women trying to fix everything. We're trying to always fix something that's forever changing. So we're right. in this like struggle of just wanting to fix everything because that represents perfection. That represents I'm doing right. good. I'm doing right. All of these these catchphrases, but the paradox is that there's only one thing that we can control out of all of this. And like you said, it's yourself. It's your choices. Whether it's your health, you know. I, of course, I equivocated to nutrition, how you feed yourself. You have every control relatively to what how you take care of your body. And we mm -hmm. always feel like we don't have control of that. We don't have control of our food when that's the only thing we have control of. We try to control, <laughs> we put energy and control of everything else that we have no control of. So understanding, mm -hmm. like you said, like 
only way uh, that you you have to build that foundation um, so you can stand on it. And once you build that foundation when, and you're standing on it, that's your solid ground. And you can always go back to that because that's all you really have to control. And to me, it allows you to let go of the things you can't control and just work work with it as it comes. But you still ground it, you know. That's so it's so very powerful. it's very similar it's very similar um, concepts in what you're saying, like how I approach when I'm working with people because people feel so vulnerable, so so um, inferior to their food choices but really they, there's something else that they're inferior to and it's really themselves mm -hmm. but once you start empowering yourself in what ways that works for you and just start <clears throat> laying those bricks that's what you can start standing on and it makes a world of a difference in how you perceive life how you interact with life how you deal with things with people everything because you realize things you can't control and it takes away you trying to control it so totally agree that's why I was all on the edge of my seat when, <laughs> when you were doing your TED talk because I was like, that's, that's what uh, women, we need to constantly hear that language. So and be surrounded by that and seek it and know that we are that, or we can be that versus all the things that we are given that we didn't really ask in our lives. And I think that's it's like, we had to steady build because there are things that are steadily tearing us down, whether it's memories, Right. situations, people, you know, we have to find ways to surround ourselves so we can keep building and knowing that we can. Yeah, totally. That's really beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, I had never thought about it in the context of feeding myself. And that that's true. Cause, cause if you aren't healthy and nourished, you know, and I get hangry. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I, 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 meals, have, I know what I you mean. Hangry. And that's really important in that feeding yourself and taking, that's a, that's a really important part of self-care is power, you know, and that self-communication and self-care is power mm -hmm. as well. What we're telling ourselves, what we're feeding ourselves. Yeah. It all goes together. It makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. One thing in our we're on this subject and especially considering what, what people, what we are, we're, you know, we're all in this together. It's like the famous hashtag, which is great helps us to connect right now with each other and be more empathetic to each other. But we all are in this and we're all dealing with our own individual stuff in different ways, you know? Right. Um, and so one thing that um, we're all human and this is all right now we're juggling. We're trying to figure out how fast to juggle, what to throw out of the juggling pile, <laughs> what when is, when is it time to bring something else, just so many moving pieces. And so it makes us, we are off kilter. And again, because we're human, we're supposed to be off kilter, you know? Um, and I think it's okay to kind of lose some of that balance, but having the ability to work on what route it is to kind of find your balance, I think is important. Um, so, I mean, I know for you, I mean, you, you got um, kiddos, you got a family mm -hmm. and you, you know, the work, just kind of tell me how you have found, how, how, how have you recognized some of these, um, these areas, these little holes in your life that has kind of gotten bigger because of this pandemic and just kind of how you find yourself as a human, you know, trying to work on mending those. Well, I have a, I have a perfectionist problem that I have to check, check. And so I, I find, and I notice when I'm starting to get revved up, you know, and that usually, usually ends up me working really late at night. 
and me not making great food choices and drinking too much caffeine and and doing some of those behaviors that I don't like and I, and I, I saw that happening when the when when my job switched at home and my husband's job switched at home and then our childcare stopped <laughs> and um and so that was a big challenge and just trying to figure out our new rhythm. And I, it took, a, it took about a week or two to figure it out. And I thought that was too long, you know, cause I had it in my head, oh, we've got to get this going. We got to figure it out. We got to have it done. And I should have given myself more grace and more space um, to get that going. And like my first class on zoom, we had four days to figure out our class on ground and oh get them on zoom. And I had never used zoom and I'm pretty tech savvy. Okay. So, you know, I had taught online before, but this was synchronous instead of asynchronous. And so there were all mm -hmm. these different things. And my first class was a disaster. <laughs> I, were, they, were, the students, I, were the students pretty like easy on you or they were, uh, did they most, make it worse? Most were really kind and gracious. By the end of the first okay. week, I had it down. We were good. Classes were back. <laughs> we, were, we were going to the first one. Like I got them in breakout rooms and then I couldn't figure out how to get them back. And, and then, and then my computer crashed. And so oh. it was a total storm. And so I had a meltdown, you know, I'm crying, not, a, not with the students, but you know, afterwards I'm like, Oh, this is just terrible. And then my daughter's like, what's going on? And it's just, it's just, it was tough. It was tough. And so I think just giving myself a little bit more grace and space and speaking of tough, um, my daughter's figured out how to What's her name? Unlock doors. So this is Josephine. Hi, Miss Josephine. So <laughs> she's like <laughs> with, with the challenges of this, you know, we have to give ourselves grace and space and not mm -hmm. have it in our head so rigid. And that's that's been my challenge to myself. It's like you you gotta give, you know, like it can't be the same. It's not gonna be the same. And so really allowing for that to be okay. And you yeah. know, it's not perfect, and that's okay. That's that's going to be okay. Um, a colleague of yours, I won't say his name, but I that's who I because I think I told you I I um, teach at Maryville as well in the exercise science department. So a colleague of yours, he he made he made a statement that I thought was just kind of let us know that we got this. He said humans are adaptable, you know, and I think that again recognize we are you know giving yourself grace, but just know it you'll we'll get it together. You know, it's yeah. take a little work, maybe longer than what we want, but but we're adaptable. And I think we have shown that in in these times. I mean, just think about how just this conversation right here, you know? Yeah, you, you we know. are. We are adaptable. And that's a great thing. Yeah. You know, by the end of a week, my students and I, we had great connection. Our classes were good. We brought in, I brought in some guest speakers and we had really good conversations. And so, you know, that's amazing that we can do that. And so it went really, really well. So, yeah, <laughs> and we figured it out, you know, that's, that's the great thing is that, especially when people are in it together and mm -hmm. everyone is rooting for each other, I think it, you know, at the end we, we had a wonderful class and students were really kind and, you know, it just went really well. I think we're learning to lean on each other, you know, in a yeah. way that, you know, be a little bit more patient, you know, be more understanding, um, every, you know, I just really feel like so many these, these these superficial like ways that we divide ourselves i think they're starting to kind of crumble a little bit because you know you we even just when i go to the park i swear everyone speaks not just hello hello how are you doing like a full greeting 
you know, and I just feel like we have just made, we've been, I don't say forced to pause, we're in a position where we have to just pause and just really appreciate what life is. And I really feel like some of these, that to me, that's some of the silver lining that's kind of coming in these moments. And I think we need it. You know, I think we totally need it. We do. And I think we miss each other. Like, it's so lovely yeah. to talk with you. you know, it's <laughs> Same so here. nice to have this conversation. And it's wonderful mm -hmm. to just listen to you and hear you and just be with you here in this space. It's just such a joy. I totally feel the same. And it's like, I feel like we just because we have it physically, just like really, man, I really feel like we have a couple of cups of coffee uh, multiple times, you know, because you just have that, you know, when you are, when you, people that are like-minded, they just gravitate towards one another and it, it just, mm -hmm. it just clicks, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But no, I totally feel the same way. When you were, uh, you know, what I'm curious about, you know, you say you're working on your book, you know, you know, could you give us a little bit of insight on like, what, what's, what's, what's this book is going to be about? Like, or what, what has inspired you to even go to the next step and create a book? I had no plans of writing. It was one of those things. It feels like the best things come out unplanned sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened was I had this group of women uh, in a leadership class at Maryville in graduate women, and it was a foundations of leadership class, a graduate class in our strategic communication and leadership program. And they were just phenomenal. And they said, what if we were to go, I was mentioning they should be interviewing, part of their assignment was interviewing amazing women in St. Louis, informational okay. interview with amazing women. And it, the assignment just was phenomenal. Their, their results were fantastic. And so they said, what if we did this internationally and we did a study abroad together in London and Paris and did it across Europe? And I was like, yes, let's do it. So we made it happen. And so we did this. And finding out is the results were so good, like these, these strategies. So I've read about not every book on leadership, but a lot, <laughs> uh, almost mm -hmm. all the research literature on women in leadership and every book on women in leadership that I can get my hands on, I've read. And, and I was hearing new things, practical strategies I've never read about and that I had never heard before. And I was like, wow, I really wish I had had these strategies when I first started. Like that helpful. And mm -hmm. so I, I started writing, you know, I was writing them down as I was going and I just kept hearing more and more and more. And I thought, oh, I got to share these. <laughs> I can't just sit on this knowledge because it's so good. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So the book's mm -hmm. about practical leadership strategies for women and it's very practice oriented. So how do we how do we move forward? How do we help? And some of it's based on my research and, and just from teaching and my experiences as well and grounded in research, of course. So it's evidence-based, but practical stories and people sharing their stories with me. And so I've kept that up. So when I have moved on and can't just keep going, I've kept interviewing women and okay. I'm going to keep doing it. And so I don't know when I'll stop, but when I stop, I'm going to put it all together. I've been clumping it together as I see categories emerge. Mm -hmm. And so like parenting is one, one category, like being a parent and working and how that, how to negotiate that, like salary negotiations, practical things for salary negotiations. That's another area that's emerged things like, um, what to do if you have a terrible boss, um, what to do if you're sexually harassed, 
those sorts of things that are just practical strategies. And I was like, these are great. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting them all together in a book. <laughs> Got That's <it>. the book. <laughs> you know what? There is a book um, that I read about a year ago and it was, I forgot what it was called. It's like, like a hundred women that makes over $200,000, something like that. And it was a book of, of it. And I, I actually find that book and send it to you because it was a book just like you're talking about where they, they have these women's stories that are CEOs or they, they're over accounting firms. Mm -hmm. And they're before that, you know, their story, like their story was maybe they you know, worked for a fast food restaurant for years and decided to go to school. And by that, they started meeting other people. It, it showed their journey. So it gives women like hope, like you can be this woman and then you hear her story and how she did it and it, it it was very to me it just it just but then you see in these stories you know these women are real it's not just right. a, st a story of uh, the fake right. story and so it inspired it gave it just like you're saying it gave me like tactics and ways to think think differently and just like oh so that's how it happened for her and not saying i'm going to mimic that but just it just creates a role model that you that you can just see these women's stories and you think oh why she went from here to here which yeah. means if she can do it i can do it you know and that sounds to me like that's what your book is going to be it's going to yeah. be like that and it's going to be so great oh thank you one of my favorite women that i interviewed very 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 high up in her organization just below the ceo and she she got fired when she was like 30. <laughs> and I was like, well, you got what? <laughs> she got fired for, for, for performance. And that blew my mind. Like if you can get fired and not right out of school, like she'd been working a while. While you're up there. Yes. Yeah. And, and still end up being just hugely successful. And hmm. that, that gives me hope. It's not like, you make a wrong move. One of the things she said that I'll share with you, if you don't mind, that I loved mm -hmm. is she said that you really got to get clear about what your why is, your purpose, and you're all about the why. And that's why I thought I would share it with you. Um, she said she now, she, she really is clear about what she's good at, where her strengths are, and what her perp, like where she feels like she can make the biggest difference. And if any job or anything that she does doesn't fall in that, she now says no. So hmm. now younger people, I would say no to this, like, cause when you're younger, you need to say yes to lots of things to get experience. But as you get older, I think when you get clarity about what your purpose is and what you're here for, I think that's really wise. That wisdom of it's not my why, if it's not my purpose, if it's not in my mission statement, she had a personal mission statement. If it doesn't fit in that, I, I don't do it because I know where I can contribute the most and I want my mm -hmm. time to matter and I want to leave a legacy. I thought that was really beautiful. And I had never thought about my time that way. We're, we're not thought, we're not, again, we don't see, we may not see those models. So we wouldn't even think to think that way. But now that makes, that makes so much sense because then you know where your passion, your specialty is, and that's where you're going to thrive. That's where you're going to thrive. And that's where you want to be. You know, that's, that's great. I, you know what? I, I know it's going to be a while before that book comes out, but I want to be the one of the first ones to get it because I just, I just well, know it's going to unpack so much. <laughs> it's going to unpack so much. Um, unfortunately we are coming to a close. There were a few other areas I wanted to talk about, but I just think we just gonna have to do it again. That's what's just going oh, to happen. 
Yes. Um, but I do want to create opportunity. I know you have a website and I know you have other things that, that that's more about you. And I want um, people to just kind of be able to kind of read up on you, know more about you. Um, could you give us a little bit, some other, a little bit of information about some of the other things that you are doing, planning to do? Um, how can they reach you and things like that? Thank you. Yeah, I'd love that. So um, my website is com. It's L-E-I-L-A-N-I, Carver, C-A-R-V-E-R.com. And if you go there, you can see you can see my, TED, my TEDx talk that I got to do, uh, information there. My book's information will come out from there. And a lot of interviews that I have gotten to write or um, comment on uh, from places like Forbes. I just had a recent one on women in leadership is right on. Uh, now and additionally I just um, the minimum let me see if I can do this Midwest marketing conference Midwest MD MC Midwest oh. digital marketing conference thank you okay I was on a personal branding panel and it's going to be released on Wednesday at 8 a.m so oh wow this really Wednesday coming out yes this Wednesday so I was panel if you're if you're interested in MDMC or dot com and or it's Midwest Digital Marketing Conference uh, through UMSL actually hosts it. Okay. Uh, it's a great conference. And so I was I was able to serve on one of their personal branding panels with some phenomenal people. They were amazing. Oh and my. so great advice that they gave on personal branding if you're interested in that. Other things that are that up. up. Let's see. That's that's really what's on the horizon. I had a lot of things canceled because of coronavirus, but but we're still we're moving forward. And I I teach at Maryville and love teaching there, and feel very honored to be there. So I'm very happy to be at Maryville University, and it's so colleague. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I will tell you one thing that you know. Whoever, I'm sure you can vouch for this, just kind of how you said, like your plans for the year and all the different, perhaps speaking engagement and events and opportunities you would have had, you know, it's just put on pause and it's yeah. perhaps put on pause while other things are growing and changing and evolving. So when that time does come, it's going to be out of, you know, out of the gate. So I, yeah. I commend you. I'm going to look forward to seeing all the different things that you're doing. And I want everyone out there after you hear this podcast, if you see the podcast, go online and find her and just see exactly what it means when she's talking about women leadership and empowerment. So um, again, Dr. Leilani, um, Cara Madeline. No, yeah, I said it right. I love how you got your name in there too. I love how you keep your name in there too. Uh, but no, I, again, <laughs> I appreciate you being, uh, taking your time to um, just tell your story, talk, you know, show how you're helping other women and how they can, you know, make, make their goals turn into reality and that's that's very that's very powerful so i really appreciate you coming on today well it's it's my pleasure i am just so honored you do an excellent job of empowering women and and really building that foundation to be powerful and i it's just been my pleasure thank you so much for yes. having me you're so welcome you're so welcome well guys you have it Rashonda again the dietitian against diets remember it's never about diet but just the diet mentality First, love yourself. Then second, love food. Thank you guys, and I will see you next time. Well, thanks for watching the Dietitian Against Diets podcast show. As we're closing out, 
I want to give thanks to a company here in St. Louis uh, called Prairie Farm, who is actually a farm-owned company since 1938. They are helping to make a difference, especially now to your community by supporting charities. And they want you to have an opportunity to pick your choice of your charity. Right now, they have a campaign going coming out called Our Caps, Your Cause Program, where if you bought a gallon of milk or half a gallon, take the caps off, go to the website, and you can contribute that particular cap to whatever charity that you are wanting to send it to, and they will match it. Go to the website to learn more um, at um, www.prairiefarmsdairy.com, or even just learn more. Oh, also, don't forget about the coupons. You go in there and wrap a couple of coupons while you're there. Also, learn more about them and what they're about and how they're unique um, by going to their Instagram account and their Facebook account at Prairie Farms.